my friends and I, we go to the Jersey Shore. So I back of the car with two of my girlfriends. And my girlfriend ended up cutting through part of the highway, like through one side of a major highway to another side of a major highway because she almost missed a stop and cut through everything, which is called the Jersey Slide. She just went for it and ended up going on the curb. Welcome back to another episode of Drive With Us Podcast. I'm Bob Neat. And I'm Tanji, and we're super excited to have you ride with us as our drivers take us on some adventurous drives around the world. Today's driver is Mariel Fry from Connecticut. Before we meet Mariel, some quick car keeping. Did you know we have a YouTube channel? We post a video version of this podcast on the Drive With Us podcast YouTube channel. So be sure to check it out and watch our guests as they share their driving stories. We also share some of the crazy road driving experiences that we witnessed ourselves on our Instagram at Drive With Us Podcast. So come over there and say hi and chat with us. Now let's meet today's driver, Mariel Fry. Mariel Fry is the founder of Travel Experiences Reimagined, where they elevate voices of people in the tourism industry. She interviews tour guides and hosts from around the world to share their stories. Here's Mariel. Welcome, Mariel, to Drive With Us Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. I don't drive too much anymore, but I do love to drive, so I'm excited to talk about it. Well, that's a great segue into our first question. What would you say is your relationship with driving and how do you describe yourself as a driver? I love to drive, but I live in the tri-state area in America. So if you don't know what that is, it's New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. With that, you want to be quote-unquote cautious, but you also act like a video game driver. Depending where you are, it's definitely worth it to be careful. I'd like to call myself an old lady. I'm about 4'11", so it's about 150 centimeters. And back in the day, I used to sit on a phone book. You know the big phone books, the yellow ones? This is how old I am. But I used to sit on those for my driving lessons. And I used to just be really cautious because I would be right in front of the wheel. So I'd always look over. God forbid I was in an accident. It wouldn't be good for me. But I was just always trying to be careful, trying to look both ways, and really being mindful of other people walking. So I'd like to think I'm cautious. Some people think I could be a little crazy sometimes, but depends who's in the car and depends where I am. I feel like there might be some people who are like, what? Phone books? (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. That's why I was like, I caution saying that. But I used to use a phone book or a pillow back in the day, which I know sounds really silly, but they were a thing back then before all these cell phones and technology came into play. Yeah, I think now in cars, they have like the, you can pump up the seat now to be higher. So you don't have to have an actual book underneath it. So that's an improvement. Yes, I would put the seat up and then the seat in. It's a running joke, but my husband, I got married a couple months ago and I've been with him for two years and he's never seen me drive a car. So (laughs) he's nervous too. He's like, I don't know what to expect. I don't know what to think because I really just need things different. Like with the mirror set differently, I need the driving wheel set differently. I need the seat set differently. I need it up. I need it in. I need all these different things. So for me driving, I need my own smaller car, something easy to get around. And I completely understand how you're describing it as like video game driving in New York, New Jersey area. It's a whole different world. You're just like weaving in and out like, don't hit me. Yes, it's very true. And I've driven through Manhattan only a couple times because I'm too nervous. But the few times I have, it's Almost bumper car slash, again, video gaming, like getting out of the way or making it through that next light if you can get past. And it's really scary. (laughs) I'm always terrified. So I try not to drive in the city. But where I lived was outside of Manhattan. And it still was crazy. 
It was people driving parallel parking. It was making sure you didn't get a parking ticket, which I've gotten, unfortunately, a few of those. But it's just really trying to be mindful of the area you're in and where you're driving. Because a lot of people don't really realize or I don't know, they don't really like pay attention. I think everybody's on their phone these days, whether it's drivers texting, which certain things have happened to me and not in a good way. I've been on the phone. So again, you're not really paying attention. Even walking, I've been guilty of this walking across the street and I don't see a car coming. So all of a sudden you think, oh no, got a jet and run <laughs> across the street to make sure that car doesn't hit you. So it works both ways too. Yeah. New York is like its own different universe, I think, in driving. It's it's extreme. Very. This is a great segue into your crazy driving story, speaking of crazy New York. What would you say is one of your top three craziest driving experiences? I have been on the back of Vespas before, and it's crazy to be on the back of a Vespa over a motorcycle. But even though I didn't drive it myself, it's very surreal to be on the back of one of those and to see what other people hold on the back of them. For me, it's crazy to see the things that you put on the back of a Vespa or a motorcycle. I've seen like ceramic pots. I've seen tons of luggage. And I've seen a dog actually on the back of a Vespa, which sounds very surreal. But to me, that was just so crazy and strange because I can't imagine a dog balancing on the back of a Vespa or a motorcycle and driving. You just kind of think, how is this possible? This dog is incredible to do this. I can't imagine doing that. <laughs> yeah, with like no restraints or anything. It's like, Wow. What are you holding on to? Nothing. They hold on to nothing and they just balance. It's so amusing and it's so interesting. Another one I would say, again, me not driving, but I was in England recently. And on these back roads, you can actually go 50 miles an hour. On roads in America, that would probably be 25 miles an hour. Our like highways are 55 to 65. Their back roads are 50. So on highways, they go about 80, 85, which is terrifying to be in the back of a car. I'm holding on for dear life and I'm just thinking, oh no, <laughs> what's going to happen? But it's normal. It's very normal there. Here, people are a bit more cautious. So it's understanding the different rules of that, which a lot of people may not be aware of. That's really crazy. I didn't realize that they drove so fast. Considering it's more tighter there, I would think it would be slower yes. speeds. Yeah. That's what I thought too. But these roads, I mean, they're so small and you can fit two cars through them. Sometimes it's waiting, but they'll just zip on through. And I'm just thinking, oh no, especially when it's dark out and you can't really see. And on, again, on back roads, there's no traffic lights, right? So you're hoping that you see a sign at some point to tell you where to go. But you're also hoping that Nobody stops you. Nobody gets in the way. Nobody hits you. It's it's kind of playing a Russian roulette a little bit. <laughs> I know that out west in America, the speeds are at like 80 and around there, but the roads are so much wider. So you don't feel like you're so crammed or you're going to hit someone. It's definitely a little bit better when you go more suburban or rural areas of America because there are massive roads you can get through much quicker. You know, being in the tri-state area where I live, things are a bit tighter. There's a lot more people here. So with that equates a lot more congestion, a lot more people, a lot more cars. So what you think is a ride of 20 minutes actually could take you 40 minutes. It's really allotting that time depending on traffic patterns. Have you noticed any driving rules or practices that are different in other countries versus here in America? 
Definitely, obviously, England when it comes to the right and the left. I think that's probably one of the stranger ones. For me, I feel with driving, understanding Ubers too and understanding certain rules of how people go on the road because in some places you can drive really quick. I think of Germany, you can just zip through anywhere. It's crazy how quick these people go. But in terms of crazy rules, I think people typically stick by them. One thing I think of in particular in Germany is they do the little ample man for green and also for red and yellow, but they don't have like just a plain circle. It's actually this ample man, which is supposedly their signal. I forgot what it means, but it's their way of, I think the explanation of this was like teaching children how to walk properly across the street and like seeing a person go through. I don't, don't quote me on it, but I know it's something to do with that, <laughs> that it, it's supposed to help kids be better about like crossing the street. So they use a, a person versus just a regular circle, which I thought was interesting. Oh, that is really interesting. I didn't realize that. I know that when we went to Australia, they also had, I think it was a person on their lights and it wasn't actually like circles. Yeah, it's like a little person walking and it looks like they're like walking. I can't explain it, but it's cute. That's really interesting. What would you say is another one of your craziest driving stories? My friends and I, we go to the Jersey Shore. If anyone knows the Jersey Shore, yes, it's kind of like the show, but not really. There's a whole coastline of Jersey where it goes really from Atlantic Highlands of Sandy Hook all the way down to Cape May. And in between, there's tons of little beaches. And so the thing to do in the summer is you go to the Jersey Shore. And so I drove in the back, again, back of the car with two of my girlfriends. And my girlfriend ended up cutting through like part of the highway, like through one side of a major highway to another side of a major highway because she almost missed a stop and like cut through everything, which is called the Jersey slide for anyone curious, where you in a perfect world, you're on one side of the road. And if there's more than three lanes, you do the slide to go through the other side. So she just went for it. And like, I think ended up going on like a curb, but it was so scary. <laughs> and I thought, I can't believe you just did this. But we were all okay. And we got through and it saved us 20 minutes really of like not going through a whole roundabout, which are definitely things in Jersey too. But to go down the shore and to be able to do that seamlessly and not get caught, by the way, kudos to her. It's a little scary, but kudos to her. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, is it worth saving the time for safety? Like, <laughs> uh, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, I think it's 50-50. I think it depends on your situation and like how quickly you need to go somewhere. Because some people feel this sense of rush that they have to go versus some people being like, I can wait. I don't need to be above the law in this situation. I can chill for a minute. The Jersey slide. I've never heard of that. Like I've heard oh, of like the California roll. That's a thing. I've never heard of the Jersey slide. <laughs> oh, it's a thing in Jersey to go through. And literally you see people do it on the highway too. They slide from one side, which is the left lane, which is the fast lane. Then it's typically the middle lane, which is again, the middle and then the right lane is the slower lane where you go through and you just see people on the highway just gliding through and getting through people in between to do this perfect Jersey slide. So I guess that's a term, right? It's very interesting. <laughs> but I've never heard of the California rule. That's a new one for me. Oh, really? Yeah. That's like where they don't stop at stop signs. They just kind of roll, roll right through them. <laughs> Apparently that's a thing. <laughs> I, there's different rules, different areas. So it's interesting. Yeah. Next time we are in Jersey, we're going to have to look for that. I'm pretty sure I've seen people doing that. I just never realized that that is a thing that you do. It's, it's definitely a weird thing. I never 
thought of it like that until again you start to see it and you think oh okay that's just they're doing the jersey slide no big deal (laughs) speaking of new jersey drivers and just types of drivers in general have you noticed that there are specific types of drivers in different areas have you noticed any differences aggressive very aggressive drivers around here do not care they will curse they will get in your face in the car but if they want to get through there is no like stopping that person they will get through they're very aggressive they try to be quick they try to be slick they try to get through whatever traffic they need to get through but when you think of going outside of a big city even outside of the tri-state area to a certain point it gets a little bit better people are a little bit slower depending where you are it's a little bit slower pace it's a little bit calmer when i've been to florence or lisbon it just felt a little bit easier you didn't feel all this like crazy rush you know new york is like oh it's just it's a crazy place <laughs> and it's very noisy it's very got to be here got to be there got to do this got to do that it's always like this movement in manhattan it's just always this movement always got to go got to be here got to go there got to drive here got to go this way got to rush here it's always this rush in this whole tri-state area everybody feels rushed and so they will go quick they will get out of your way they will do all these things <laughs> to get to wherever they need to go. I talk to my girlfriend quite a bit. I'll shout her out. And she'll call me on the phone when she's driving. And it's always like this person here or this construction here or this person and let me through. Oh, it's it's such a thing. She's from Staten Island. So she definitely has a way about her in a good way. I will say that. But she tells it like it is. So I appreciate that. And that's a lot of people in this area. You tell it like it is. You try to be respectful. But if you're going to get somewhere, you're going to do it. You're going to probably go through the stoplight a little bit. You may try to rush the yellow. You're going to be a little aggressive. And that's just, I don't know, it's just kind of this area. Yeah, I feel like it's just the vibe of New York. It's just go, 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 go. And when you're there, you just feel like the need to keep going. Like, don't stop. It's like can't stop, won't stop. And you're just always on this time crunch. It's it's pretty intense sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine we've been there a couple of times. And every time it's like, I don't want to drive here. <laughs> No, most people don't. I mean, if you have a car, honestly, not like you're considered rich, but you're definitely considered like, ooh, you have a car. Like, what do you do? And it's so rare to see that in Manhattan because people typically will take an Uber, a taxi, or you get on a subway. That's honestly the quickest way around Manhattan, in my opinion. Let's switch gears a little bit and dive into you as a driver a little bit more. What would you say is your biggest driving pet peeve? Oh, I can't stand when people don't put their blinker on or when they're going over to the left or going over to the right and they just go in and it's a twofold of this. So the first one is when people don't put on a blinker and then want to get in front of you, that drives me nuts because I can't tell that you need to go over and you just are just getting in my way. So it's why. Then the flip side of it is I can't stand when people do a blinker and then don't do anything. So you're waiting for that person to go over and they're not going over. You're just thinking, hmm, what's going on? And then you just zip right past them because you think I'm not waiting forever. So I can't stand either side of that with the blinker. It just drives me crazy. I can't stand it. I don't like it. Just if you're going to use your blinker, do what you're going to do. If you don't put it on and you're trying to get over, it's just rude. And likewise, if you put it on and you don't do anything, that's also rude. So that drives me a little crazy. Yeah, it's like a very simple feature in the car. It's not complicated at all. (laughs) You would think so. And especially people getting a license too. You know, I feel bad for, I'm going to say older, older people driving because maybe they forget 
love my grandfather, rest in peace, but he would go through stop signs and not really use blinkers half the time as he got older. And you just think, grandpa, like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, that's not the way to drive. So I'm mindful of that to a certain level. But if I go by and it's someone my age, I think, okay, no, can't work like this. Can't happen. But I'm a little bit better if it's like older people or even newer drivers who really don't understand all the rules. You have to be mindful of that too. But otherwise, anybody else, it's fair game. (laughs) That's hilarious. Have you ever experienced any road rage, whether it was you yourself who was experiencing it or somebody had it around? Oh, yeah. First of all, if you live in New Jersey, well, let me say this. You could take the girl out of Jersey, but you can't take the Jersey out of the girl. And my husband hates when I say that, but it's true because, of course, people just drive like idiots. You know, they don't drive properly and they really just – I can't explain it, but they just don't care and they don't think about anybody else but themselves. So it's very frustrating when you're trying to drive or get a parking spot and they take forever to get out of the spot or they're not driving fast enough and you want them to drive quicker or you want them to drive slower and they're driving so much faster. So it's just in general I get irritated with people and how they drive or a lot of times – I don't know. I can't speak for anywhere else, but if there's an accident, there's pile-up traffic. And then all of a sudden you just see what's going on and it's not a big deal. But the traffic and the holdup of it is insane to just watch something that happened, whether it was an accident or someone getting pulled over. It's just so unnecessary. Like construction, I get to a point, but I get irritated if I'm sitting in traffic and I can't do anything about it. That drives me nuts. Yeah, the whole if there's an accident thing is a very big problem here too. It's not just like on the side of the road that the accident is on. The other side of the road is like, oh, I got to slow down and look too. So now both sides are slowed down. You're like, that makes no sense. Like, just keep going. (laughs) Yeah, I don't – it blows my mind. I don't understand why people need to stop and see it. I just want to keep going. This is kind of random, but speaking of Jersey, I know that in Jersey it's a law that you can't pump your own gas. When you go to different places and you had to pump your own gas, how is that? Do you prefer to pump your own gas? (laughs) No, absolutely not. And I'll tell you a funny story the first time it happened. So I remember I drove to New York, actually. I had a friend of mine who lived upstate New York. And she goes, I'll meet you at a gas station. And I'm thinking, great. So I'm thinking, oh, I need gas. You know, this is a really good stop. So I'm sitting in the car. My girlfriend gets out. She pumps her gas. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, this is weird. No one's coming. She goes, hello, you have to pump your gas. I'm like, what do you mean I have to pump my gas? Like, who does this? Luckily, it was summer, but I had to get out and pump my gas. And I hated it. I didn't like it. Even my mom, I live in Connecticut now, and she's from Connecticut. She would drive farther to a gas station that pumped her gas versus actually going to a gas station closer because she had to pump it. It's just very funny. Like, People don't like to pump their gas in New Jersey. We joke we pump our fists, not our gas. That's like a really popular quote. But I can't stand it. I don't want to get out in 10 degree weather and pump my gas. Like who does that? I I don't like it. So the fact that I'll probably have to do that someday. Ooh, I guess I'm spoiled. Does that mean I'm spoiled? I guess so. (laughs) I don't know. I guess growing up because of Maryland, you pump your own gas when we first went to new jersey and then you're sitting in line it's like why is everyone taking forever and you're like watching this dude go from one pump to the next pump and like pumping everyone's gas and like oh my god i could be done by now (laughs) 
Oh, I, I I understand it can be quicker, but in Jersey, you wait. You don't get out of your car. You don't want to deal with it. I love that I can pop it on the side for the gas. Someone says, what would you like? Regular, please fill up. They fill it up. They take your card. They do everything back, and they say, have a nice day. There's something really nice about that. I guess I'm really spoiled a little bit. I don't mind waiting an extra five minutes. But I don't like to wait in traffic, so maybe my priorities are not all there. <laughs> Prioritize some things over others. Yes, 100%. Switching gears to your driving first, how would you describe your first time driving experience and your driving test experience? Well, I will tell you both because they both happened within probably two days. So my driving test was on my birthday. And in New Jersey, the way it works, I think this is still the case. You get your permit at 16 and you get your license at 17. You have to do some driving lessons. I think it's about six hours you have to pay for. And you also take a test where you get an 80 or above. So on the day of the test, you can get it on your birthday as like the earliest day. So of course, I was getting it right away. I was so excited. And I remember the guy, this older guy who the test isn't super hard. You go down a little bit of a windy road. It's a stop sign. So you're supposed to like look both ways, right? And you have to be like very exaggerated. Then you have to like loop around and then you parallel park. Now, I'm terrible at parallel parking. I practiced it with my dad who is an expert, but I'm not very good at it. I literally was probably off by like an inch, inch and a half. And the guy said, you're really lucky I passed you because it's your birthday. (laughs) So I was just really lucky. I'll be very honest because I'm not sure if I would have passed the first time, but I was really glad to not go back and ever do it again. That's interesting that you mentioned the parallel parking being the hard part of the test and you were able to pass just because it was your birthday. I feel like that's what that's what I struggle with too. And I had to take it in a van, the test. And, oh my God. Yeah, and parallel parking a van didn't go so well. <laughs> yeah, I did like a regular car and the spot was like pretty decent sized and I just did it. So I don't know how you did a van. I give you a lot of credit. Now they took it off the test. So now I'm just like, that's not fair. I did? <laughs> Yeah. Well, here in Maryland, they took it off the driver's test. So it's really easy now. Darn. Which I don't think was a smart idea, but, you know. Probably (laughs) not, but I wish that was for me. But now we know how to parallel park, right? Even though actually I still have people parallel park for me. My husband is like the best. He knows how to parallel park. He always backs in our spot. So I live in an apartment building and you have a designated spot. He knows how to back up perfectly in line every single time. And I've never learned how to do that ever. I always go straight into a parking spot and then I have to turn around and when I want to get out, I back up. That's interesting. Our dad, the first thing he taught us was reverse park. That's why I I feel like I struggle with forward parking because all I practiced was reverse park. So I reverse park everywhere. That's so funny. Yeah, I've never done it. I've always done forward parking or I would try to do the slip through in a parking lot where if there was two spots, I'd always just pull through so I could be the first spot so I can get out. So I didn't have to do the reverse and I can still get out easily. So that was my little trying like trick, but I have no idea how to reverse park. It just sounds so scary and so complicated. And I just, I'm getting old. I don't really have the patience. <laughs> pull throughs are the best. What really baffles me is like in a parking lot where you see someone and there is a pull through. There's two empty spots and they just go into the first one and stop. And I was like, but it's empty. You can get it. Just keep driving forward. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't get it. I don't get it. I think it's like the best trick to just pull through. And the fact that people don't pull through just 
I don't know. It's very strange. Like, what's your MO? Do you think it's easy to get out? Do you think that spot will in front of you will be available? I don't chance things like that. I, I just do it. Maybe they just like to reverse out when they're leaving. Maybe. So earlier, I know you mentioned that you've gotten several tickets yourself. Were any of those memorable experiences? I guess not so, in a good way. Well, I wouldn't say memorable, but I actually ended up getting three parking tickets within probably six to eight weeks. And the only reason I got parking tickets is because it was I was 18. We graduated high school. All my friends were in college. So naturally, you want to go visit your friends in college. And I remember trying to find parking in these places. You go to these college campuses, and it's so hard to find parking. So I'm just parking anywhere, somewhere. And every time I would get a parking ticket where it'd say, you can't park here. The amount is this much. You have to pay for it. And I thought, oh, this is so frustrating. You don't know, right? At 18, you have maybe a year, year and a half of driving experience, which to me doesn't feel like a lot, especially if you don't drive to different places or no rules. It's hard. Like I've always just driven in the same place. So driving somewhere different, it was like, oh, what do I do? I didn't really read the rules. I just kind of parked somewhere. I thought, eh. No one's going to catch me. I'll be fine. And I ended up getting three in a month and a half. Not the best thing to do. Yeah. I mean, when you are a new driver, there's so many things that you're still learning and you still have that excitement of your driving. So like you're not really paying attention to everything else. Oh, yeah. You're just so excited to like see a friend. You're like, that's the only thing you think about. But you don't think about the parking and the other logistics. You just think, oh, all right, I'll just park wherever. It's, you know, free world. I could do whatever I want. And I've learned the hard way. That's not the case. Yep, until you get parking tickets. Then you're like, no. Yes, read signs. Oh, this was an interesting story. So my husband and I went to Columbia, and he's got a friend down there, very successful guy. And he was dating this girl. She was pretty much a celebrity. I mean, her Instagram followers, probably 3 million now. She's like Insta-verified. She's like a model, actress, all these different things. My husband and I were in the back. She was in the passenger seat, and he was driving. And in Colombia, they can just stop you on the like at any point and it doesn't matter, which is kind of scary. The rules are very different down there than they are in America. So when he was getting pulled over, they wanted to see information. But the officer saw her, this girl, and I guess she kind of sweet – I don't speak Spanish, but almost seemed like she sweet-talked her way out of it. He ended up just being like, have a good day. Like, oh, I recognize you. But if it wasn't for her, who knows what would have really happened – but it definitely seems like the rules are a lot stricter in Colombia, which I don't know all the rules, but it definitely seems like if you got into some trouble, it wouldn't be a good sign for you. Yeah, and I feel like in those, a lot of like Latin American countries or like Southeast Asian countries, the rules are more loose in terms of uh, officers can just pull you over for whatever they feel like. It was very weird. He almost just was in the middle of the road and was just trying to pull people over. There was no rhyme or reason to it. It's just... They picked a car and they said, pull over. And you got really lucky that you had a celebrity in your car <laughs> to yes. take care of it. Yes, very lucky. I think that's like a one in a million chance, but it just worked out. Switching gears a little bit, let's talk a little bit about the future of driving. With the possibility of self-driving cars becoming a thing, what are your thoughts on this? Is this something that you would get into? Yes and no. I think there needs to be more prototypes. There needs to be more testing done. I don't think we're there yet. We're in a good place and we have good bones, but I don't think it's ready for the world to really do it. Like, I'm kind of for it. Listen, I love it. Personally, I hate driving at night and I get really tired. So to have a car drive me where I need to go, especially like, right, you think of it as a night of drinking. You want to drive because you don't want to spend the money on Uber, but you want to enjoy yourself. So having that car could be great. 
But how much testing is there to know if it's really knowing the roads, understanding the new construction, understanding just the people around and understanding how other people drive. So I'm cautiously skeptical. I think there's a possibility, but I think there needs to be more testing done. There needs to be a lot more work. I I don't know if we'll see it in our lifetime to see it to the full capacity, but I do see it being a thing. I think there's too many investors and too many people into this game for it to not happen. I just think for it to be deemed safe, there needs to be a lot more testing and prototyping. I agree with you, the reliability of it, because it's like, how well does it know the road, like you said, because things like, I don't know, Google Maps and stuff, they aren't always accurate anyways. They're not always updated, like there could be new construction, and then all of a sudden there's a roundabout, or like the road ended, and it's not updated. So how well does the car know that there's a change? I think that's a big issue too, to your point, because a lot of times if there is new construction or there are new roads or a road being closed. So how, like who is updating these systems 24, 7, 365? Like who is on the road checking for this? And if there's an accident, will the car know to stop and wait? If they can go faster, would they know to go faster? If there's a lot of cars, can they get around those cars? Do they know the exit? Do they know if the exit changed? There's so much of that that I, I just don't think in our lifetime, it'll be ready, ready to what we want. But I do think it will happen, which again, it's why humans exist. You want a human to to take over these things and to know and be aware because as humans, we have control of that. And for these robots, it's it's hard to say. Like I think of robots doing good for like warehousing and manufacturing and those type of industries. But when you think of a car and you think of being something on the road, there's so many variables to it and reliability to your point that I'm hesitant. I'm hesitant to really be like, yeah, like we're ready. It might have to be either just self-driving cars on the road or just people driving cars instead of like a mix. I feel like mixing the two might cause more problems. You're probably right. And I don't, I don't think we'll get there. I really don't. Because you think of the class in America, you think of upper class, middle class, and lower class, and the classes in between. Sure, the upper class and maybe some upper middle class can afford these cars. But when you go trickle down to middle, middle, lower, and lower, that's a big expense. And unless somebody's paying for people to really flip every single car to be self- I just don't see that happening. Who knows? It might be able to self-pump. <laughs> that would be a miracle. If they can figure that out, someone's a genius. <laughs> They'll solve all your problems. You don't have to pump ever again. That is like the dream. Do you have any final thoughts or any tips that you would like to give other drivers? Definitely. I, I really think understanding your rules for your state, every state's really different. So it's hard for me to say like what rules are better in other states or other countries. But I think it's really understanding the rules and just abiding by them and seeing what other drivers do and really understanding signs. I think that's a really big thing because certain signs mean certain things. It's understanding like it's so and so silly, but like a construction sign or understanding, you know, exit 13 goes to this place and how to get off a ramp. And how to get onto a road. It's it's silly things like that that I think make you a better driver. And just practice makes perfect. The more you practice driving, the better you'll get. I wasn't the best driver starting out. Anybody will tell you. My family is so embarrassed how I used to be. But with more practice and more driving and starting really small, like go a back road, go a cul-de-sac, then try one street, try five streets, try a main road then try a highway. If you do it in steps and baby steps to what you feel comfortable with, 
you will get better in time as a driver, but you have to be okay to do the steps and to do the work. I agree with that. And like with the highway, I feel like if you go on a weekend or when it's less busy, it'll be a better chance to get a set, like a feel for a highway before you jump right in when it's like rush hour. <laughs> That's when everyone goes crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you can go at like a later at night or early in the morning or even like middle of the week, like midday, I think any of those off – I say off times, but off times – would be better to drive and make you feel comfortable. Because driving through rush hour, if that's the first time you drive, I don't blame you for never wanting to drive again. That's scary. As a first-time driver, I wouldn't want to do it. Bonus question time. Are you ready? Yes. If you could make one new driving law, what would it be? I want to say something along with like blinking. I feel like that's not the best one. I don't know a good driving rule that I think needs to be implemented. Maybe just people not being so mean. (laughs) Like if that could be a rule or people not being so aggressive and trying to like cut people. I would love if everybody just stayed in their lane and not tried to cut or also be rude to people. Like I've seen people be really rude and honk the horn a crazy amount. Like we don't need to do that. It's very unnecessary. So if there was a way to like cut aggression or cut people being rude – I would love that. I don't think that will happen, but in a perfect world, I'd love to see that. (laughs) I agree. I guess no more Jersey slides. (laughs) Probably (laughs) probably not, unless you did it in the right way. That's interesting you mentioned the aggressive honking. We did have a guest, I think a season or two back, whose driving law would be a like happy honk. So like for every angry honk, you would have to let out a happy honk or something like or a celebratory honk he said only honk for celebrations instead of anger so it's kind of in line with what you're thinking that would be lovely I don't know if there's a happy way to do it maybe like a happy birthday or a happy dance or a happy cheer music I don't know because a honking is like but a happy chant would be like la 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 like I don't know what that would sound like but that would be lovely yeah I feel like it would lighten people's moods too 100% people wouldn't be as aggressive I think people would be a little bit happier and have a smile on their face well thank you so much for coming on today before we let you go where can our listeners find you if they want to connect with you Amazing. So you can connect with me through pretty much all the major platforms, Facebook, Instagram. I just joined TikTok and Twitter, but I have a website, travelexperiencesreimagined.com. I have my own podcast, so I elevate and share the stories of people in the tourism industry. So whether you're a tour guide, a tour operator, or a host of an experience, I interview you and I do a whole format to get to know you a little bit better and for the listeners to learn more about a city, what you offer as a tour guide, and just to know a bit more of your backstory. I think everyone has a story to share, and I'm really excited to share that on my podcast. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for coming on. It was really great talking to you. Likewise, it was wonderful to talk to the two of you as well. I learned a new term from Ariel today, the Jersey slide. Yeah, I've heard of the California roll, but the Jersey slide. I know, we live so close to New Jersey, and I've never once ever heard that and we live on the opposite side of the country from california and we've heard about the california role and we've been to new jersey i mean i'm pretty sure we've seen it just never realized that there was an actual term for it which like you crazy person you just cut all the way across what's wrong with you i think it's because we've only taken i-95 versus driving other parts of new jersey i feel like we've been to like the tourist parts so maybe we see tourists as opposed to local so we don't see the New Jersey slide or like encounter people who mention the New Jersey slide but when we were recently up there 
last summer and we went into one of the walmarts and the guy was like immediately like you're not from here are you yeah he's like where are you from just because thank you (laughs) because we said please and thank you and he was like you're not from here so if we did venture out more into new jersey we probably would have witnessed us more but i'm glad we didn't (laughs) yeah i'm good no jersey slides for me thanks for those of you listening have you ever witnessed the jersey slide or have you ever participated in the jersey slide share your stories with us on instagram at drive with us podcast we are very curious to hear how common this is not just in new jersey but if other states have something along the same lines I yeah, know does for- every does every state have their own little like what would maryland's be i don't know maryland's is we are weavers the not- maryland weave <laughs> well not us personally but i've witnessed so yeah. many people who like to weave in and out of lanes especially 695 so i feel like we are the weavers so the maryland weave the california roll the jersey slide now we gotta figure out what the rest of the 47 states what do you all do we'll have to find more people to come on and let us know yeah stay tuned until the end of this episode to hear a sneak peek of next week's episode with david bossert from california he shared with us about the time he drove his dad's car without him knowing and the time he flew off a hill in his friend's car. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can help support the show by sharing it with your friends or leaving us a review. It truly does help us get discovered. Thank you for choosing to drive with us, and we'll see you all next week. I was out on the east end of Long Island with a friend of mine, and we got off of the road onto a dirt fire road, and we literally shot off the top of a hill. We were literally airborne, and as the car was coming down, I remember standing on the glove box, looking down, 